All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Galatians Bible Study. I'm excited for this episode because I have Claudie with me. You want to say hi, Claudie? Hi. <laughs> I'm excited to bring uh, his voice into the Galatians study. So we're, we're going to continue. Um, and uh, we're going to start with... Uh, this week's reading is Galatians 1, 1, or sorry, Galatians 5, 1 through 12. Claudia's going to read that for us in a little bit. I better get my references right, right, Claudia? Right. Uh, yeah, that's in your reading um, for, for this week. And if you'll recall in these podcasts, what we like to do is just ask those, ask those dwelling in the word questions, uh, which are what stands out to you? Uh, what questions do you have and what might the Holy Spirit be saying to you or to our community? So Claudia and I will uh, kind of answer those questions uh, for ourselves after this. Uh, but it's really an invitation for you to, to, to ask the same questions as you read it with us. And if you'd like to send some of the responses of those questions or communicate with us, you can Marco Polo me, you can send me a voice memo, and we'd love to add that to this conversation as well. So Claudie, are you up for it? Would you read Galatians 1, 1, sorry, I did it again. Galatians 5, 1 through 12. Would you be up All for right. it? Uh, as, of, as you already know, my name is Claudie. And um, so I'm going to read for you uh, Galatians chapter 5, the 12 first verses. Um, freedom in, in Christ. The title is Freedom in Christ. Um, I'm just going to read the NIV version. It said like that. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be in of no value to you at all. Again, I declare, do every man who let himself be circumcised that he is ob obligated to obey the whole law. Who you are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for, for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself through love. You are running a good race. Who cut in on, on you to keep you from obeying the truth. That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of doubt. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, 
why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. That was Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 to 12. Thank you, Claudia. I forgot how that one ended. Paul gets a little, <laughs> a little intense there at the end, basically uh, asking them to castrate themselves. Wow. So, well, maybe if you're a listener of this, just take a pause and uh, maybe write a, a couple notes down what stood out to you. Maybe if you want to reread the text again, uh, just for your own purposes. But what about uh, you, Claudia? I know you're reading. It's always hard to ask those questions and pay attention when you're reading, but what stands out to you? What questions come up for you? And what do you think God might be saying through this text? Yeah, I was I was reading this. And so the title itself tells us what it's mean. First of all, it said uh, freedom. Freedom in Christ. And then the first, because I am, I am in, a man of faith. So um, what's sent out to me, uh, it's like um, Galatians itself, the book raised like the issue over which believers still argue today. And then such the wall of the law and what we can see all over, it's not only in, in America, it's all over the world. All message mostly um, talking about the theological point he makes, like in, in the letter, is like justified through faith. So this is, um, and then the faith is talking about is um, Christ's death, not by work of the law. And then, especially the passage I, I, I was just reading, he said, uh, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Mm -hmm. I used to say like, um, if Adam and Eve did not disobey God, so we won't say like, like in history, Jesus can. I don't know if it was a setup, but what Paul is saying is Christ has set us free for freedom. So we don't have to be in slavery. Because of sin, we are in slavery. And some somewhere in the Bible, like when you when you look at Job's story, mm -hmm. and then Job is the devil went to God and then trying to see like this is your your servant Job, you know, he's rich, that's why. And God tests his faith. And then after that, he get whatever he was taken from. So what I want to say that is, if we do something wrong, we are in slavery. But right now it's so different because Jesus already paid for us. This is what sent out to me the most. So yeah. we, are, we are in slavery anymore because yeah. Christ 
has died for us. And we have to stand yeah. firm, like Paul said. You know? And then sometime, like, uh, as Christian, uh, we used to have, like, the doubt. Because for my background purposes, like, sometimes they ask God for forgiveness. And they still have the yoke of slavery, you know, hang on them. And then because of doubt, because when we doubt, doubt doesn't work with faith. So uh, what stands out to me is I have to, um, I have to be happy because Jesus died for me and I'm not a slave anymore. I am free. Whatever I have, because I know we, we cannot live a perfect life on earth, right? So uh, when we do something wrong, we have to repent. I used to say on my show, like sometime, like repentance is something we have to cultivate every day because every day we probably do something wrong, but you don't have to take that and then you still take your slavery because once you repent, you have to accept that. Yeah. That's pretty much, um, I don't go through the whole verse. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, some great thoughts in there, man. I, I, I appreciate you pointing out the, the, the title. Sometimes like the titles that they arbitrarily put in the text aren't helpful because it's like a, a full narrative. But I think this instance, it, it really emphasizes what, uh, what Paul's getting at there. And what I, what I love about what you're saying is it resonates with what Paul's argument has been the whole time that there is this temptation for Christians to enslave ourselves again after experiencing, I mean, it's, it's hard to fully live into the amazing good news of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, I, I find that all the time. It's hard for me to fully live into a forgiven free state. And I think Paul would say that it's, that's, part of life that's part of life in the spirit that we're constantly stepping into this freedom we're constantly uh in reliance on jesus for things and what he's confronting specifically here and we've talked about this on this podcast before is how these this group this judaizers has come to say like well there's actually all these other additional things that you have to do uh to gain this freedom or to be in this community. And, right. and Paul is saying, Jesus is taking care of all of that for us, exactly. for us. And the more burdens we put on ourselves to experience this freedom, that's why he gets so mad at these people and basically says, I love this. I love this passage. I know it's a lot for people, but he's making this joke. Like people don't think scripture is that funny, but Paul, Paul's making a joke here. He's like, yeah. I'm so mad at these people because they're talking about circumcision. He's like, you want to talk about circumcision? These people who are saying that you've got to do these extra things, they might as well go all the way. And uh, you know what he's implying there. So um, I appreciate that you, that you brought that out. And I would say for me, just personally, <coughs> and the, one of the questions I've been asking myself and I think this has come up week after week when we've studied this, this text is what are the different laws? Cause that's what he's talking about being free from like this free, we're set free. He's just talked about all in chapter four, like 
being free from the law, like Jesus fulfilled the law and uh, supplants the law as uh, the way that we pursue righteousness, the way that we pursue right relationship with God. Jesus has already done everything necessary to accomplish that. And so we need to continue to live founded on that freedom, not founded on a hope. Like he says in this text, like, Hey, if you want to lose, if you want to use the law to be justified, if you want to use the law to gain your righteousness, by all means, but then you have to go all the way. And even if you went all the way, it's incomplete uh, because none of us are good enough. None of us can achieve that on our own. And I think that's a pretty standard Christian message that we receive. That's why we need Jesus. But in addition to that, I feel like I've been help, I've been trying to understand all the different ways that I try to save myself through my own actions, through my own motivations. And this is something that I've kind of deeply examined, like not just like I'm going to try to get into heaven through my good behavior. That's what we often think of when we think of saving ourselves. I think what Paul is talking about is so much deeper here. It's on like, a, I think it's on a personal level, it's about, it's more about like, who are you becoming? Like, and who do you want to be? And what are the decisions you're making in your life? And when you assess the motivation of those decisions, when you assess the reasons why you're making those decisions, is that because there's some desire in you to preserve your life, to save your life, and to construct for yourself a heaven, if you will, a kingdom for yourself. And that, I think, is what part of what Paul is addressing, too, to say part of us receiving this righteousness that we ultimately hope for is faith in Jesus that only works itself out in love. Like, I love that phrase, like faith in Jesus People claim to have faith in Jesus all the time, but if it's not working itself out in love, if the evidence of it isn't a loving action towards other that resembles Jesus on a cross and then being resurrected, that pattern of giving one's life so that new life could exist outside of oneself in the world, outside the pattern of Christ, outside of dependence on the Holy Spirit, uh, that's not possible. And that's the central argument, right? Like they're arguing like the Judaizers and the Gentiles and Paul are arguing what is the best way to live in the world? What does it actually mean to be a Christian? And the Judaizers are saying the best way for us to live in the world is to live by the law. And the Gentiles are like, we just can, we just totally changed our lives. We used to be pagans. We used to sacrifice to gods. We used to like, uh, go to all these pagan temples and do all the right things because we thought that's what saved our lives. And then we we met this wonderful person in Paul who told us about Jesus and we received the Holy Spirit and we saw people get, get healed and it was amazing. And now these new people have come and they say, well, yeah, that's great, but you also have to uh, get circumcised for one. You also have to tithe. You also have to do X, Y, and Z. And then Paul is saying that, man, totally screwing up the message. You're totally missing the point. Um, 
And I think even though that sounds like an ancient message to us, there is a lot of resonance that we always need to receive that message that Christ gave us the gift of himself for freedom, to live in freedom. And we ought to continually check and balance what all the ands and additional things that we add to that are. So that's good, Claudie. Um, Very good, yeah. And I like the way he said, like, uh, whoever throwing into you confusion, they will pay yeah. themselves. They will pay for it. So all we mm -hmm. have to do is accept it, you know, accept mm -hmm. the forgiveness and accept the freedom, embrace it, you know? Yeah. 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 I guess, yeah, that, that's good. That's good. I think I'm walking away from this, like, uh, there's a couple, I, I know Galatians because I've been reading it a lot for preparation of this. And there's a couple of key moments in Galatians and one of them happens right here. The key issue of Galatians is circumcision. And he repeats this phrase. Um, where is it? Verse six and verse um, 11. Yes. Verse six, where he says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working itself out in love. The first part of that phrase, it gets repeated twice in Galatians as like an emphasis yeah. because it's the, the issue is circumcision. He says, circumcision doesn't matter. What counts is, or what does matter is, and the first time he says that phrase, is faith working itself out in love, some translations say. The second time he says that is in, in chapter six when he says the new creation. And I think it's just really important to go back and take him for his word and say, does what really matter in your life, is what really matters in your life, circumcision, or sorry, not circumcision, <laughs> faith working itself out in love. Like, all the things that you are meaningful to you, all the things that motivate you, all the things that you base decisions off of, can you run them through the filter of do they fit in faith work, faith in Jesus working itself out in love? Do they push me towards new creation? And we'll get towards that later and talk more about that. But I'm walking away with, like in terms of what the Holy Spirit has been saying to me reading Galatians. That's it. Like, can I run the decisions of my life? my attitudes, my behaviors towards, through the filter, does this look like faith working itself out through love? I got to plug in my computer. It's about to die. Um, any more thoughts from you, Claudia? Say it again. Any more thoughts from you? Yeah, I wanna, the last thing I would like to say is like, there's a difference, as you already know, there's a difference between trust believe and faith yeah and faith is is deeper you know faith Say is more about deeper that. than than between like trust and belief okay the word yeah like like i said like the word faith is more deeper you know when you said i i believe god i trust god but i have faith in god that sounds mm -hmm. profound Mm -hmm. So flesh that out with me a little bit more. I, when I hear you say that, I, I think I can understand the difference. Like belief often 
gets referred to as like intellectual ascent. Like mm-hmm. I, I believe, um, I don't know. Um, what's an arbitrate? Like I believe in the theory of gravity, you know, yeah. I believe in the theory, theory of gravity, but I don't trust the theory of gravity until I, I, I don't know, where would you take that? Like until, until I you, sit down on a chair or something like that. Yeah. Until I, I, until I, uh, I trust gravity when I sit back towards my chair that I'm actually going to fall down. There's an action required in trust. There's only thoughts required in belief. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah. Is that kind of what you're saying? So then where does faith in your mind, how does faith enter into that question? How is faith different than trust? So uh, I'm, I'm mostly, that's personally, I mostly put my faith into God, God's word. I can trust thing. Once I say it, I can believe it. But most of the time I said the word, I use the word of faith. I put my faith into the Bible. Mm-hmm. So like when you were talking about gravity, so we, we trust it because we see it happen, right? Mm-hmm. But Jesus, <laughs> Jesus beat it. <laughs> I see. Okay. So say more about that like your faith is is like gravity i trust it because i (laughs) i feel sunk down every day and i'll trust it like i trust it like i trust my car to start but faith is uh trusting in something unseen trusting in god's word that it hasn't been proven in front of you that hasn't come true yet and i i like that claudia i think that's a great uh uh, imagery around faith and thank you for delineating that because that's right from that scripture where it says right we I, I mean it's very similar to trust but it's a good nuance to say it's faith is hoping in something unseen i think that's in hebrews yes um and it's more than just trusting in jesus on a daily basis basis it's this future hope it's like an expression of hope and faith in god's in Jesus's capacity to bring us into right relationship with God, to, to order our whole lives around Jesus's presence and the leadership of the Holy Spirit in terms of what's been said in the text. And it, it like Paul connected into love. Yeah. You know, like because of love, you and me can talk to each other, right? Yeah. You see all those issues in the world, black and white, violence, because of uh, we have the same faith, because we trust God, we believe in God, and then we express that love that we can work together. Hmm. Yeah, because of love, like in Galatian, uh, he said, like, is it Galatian? He said, even though I, I said, I, I, I like you, but if if I don't prove it with love, it's not it's 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 a fake. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if that's in Galatians, but I get what you're saying. Like, faith is what the uh, if faith puts shoes on and walks out the door, it looks like love. That right. kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wonderful, man. Well. Uh, Thanks for sharing all you did, Cla- Claudie. 
listener. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to have more conversations about this. Um, hope you have a great week.